Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Hello! Acclaim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast at snaps monday through thursday one eastern noon central on amp download it and come hang out with us today hey what's up everybody what's going on amp welcome in to another brand new episode of snaps your favorite daily college football podcast or you know what i hope like just a college football podcast that you really enjoy to the point where you want to do things like maybe like subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the like button, share with your friends, give you some more information on that in a bit. Uh, but today is a day of celebration. I'm one of your hosts, T-Bob Bear. I'm joined as always, uh, and as we'll discuss, maybe it was faded, but I'm joined by Aaron Murray. Aaron, what's up, dude? Hey, we have college football this week. It's week yes. zero, which is, yes. I still think, the dumbest thing in the world. Just call it week it's not one. the dumbest thing. Why is it dumb? It is the dumbest Thing. It, it, it's it's if there's games being played, it is the beginning of the season. Just just label it week one. I don't know what's dumber, it being called week zero, or as our great producer sent us a message on Saturday night, which I didn't realize. Uh, USC with all the hype heading into the season is on the Pac-12 network to start the season off. I, I just I, I just well, this is there's something dead. wonderfully what? appropriate about USC starting the season on the Pac-12 network in week zero because. It's very emblematic of the Pac-12, like why it died, right? It's actually yeah. kind of the perfect use case example of how we arrived where we currently exist in this state of college football. Um, yeah, it's week zero, and okay, it, it, okay, it's awesome. First off, week zero is the yeah. best, but no, week zero makes sense because it's not tight enough to be week one. 
Uh, this is a look, when you go to run a marathon, do you just walk out your door and do it? Or do you train for it? Right. Do you acclimate? Like when you're good, when, when you start football camp, do you just start in full pads? Do you have shells on at first? Like, what are you talking about? This is the proverbial dipping of the water. This is, this is foreplay. This is, uh, can like maybe over the shirt, maybe the shirt. They give us group of five teams the entire time. I know the majority of them are group of five teams, but you can't say it's a little teaser when you have Navy versus Notre Dame, when you have Vanderbilt, I know it's Vanderbilt, but still a power five team. When you have USC playing, like then just give us like a jamboree of a bunch of cool group of five games where I don't feel like I have to necessarily sit down on my couch and watch the games because I'm not going to really miss anything. Um, This is real football with real teams Big time teams that are must win situations already. So yes, this week does mean something. This isn't a warm up team. Up. If Notre Dame win, if Notre Dame loses to Navy, they just can't say, "Oh, it was week zero. It's a warm up game. That doesn't count." If if USC loses to San Jose State, they can't say, "Oh, it was a warm up game. It's week zero. It doesn't count." No, this shit means something. It's real. It's week one. Football starts. Label it as such. Okay, I'm not gonna bog this show down in just a horribly boring semantic argument all i'll say is my feeling on it i love week zero but it is an interesting needle that you need a thread in my mind where i want games that are somewhat interesting but not too good right because again this is a teaser this is not the full act this is but foreplay and so i actually think they did a pretty good job of that last year I'm missing a little bit of the excitement that I had with northwestern nebraska next year which admittedly two bad teams are pretty even teams um, but, but, you know, I, I want to see how Sam Hartman does in Notre Dame for sure. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm super pumped about that. I don't watch Caleb Williams starting his Heisman campaign. I think both those teams probably roll. I'm not, I, I don't know. So no, I love the idea of week zero. And then we get to the, you know, the main course next week, but the bottom line is college football is returning no matter what you want to label it. And uh, that's big for us because that's what we do here. We love college football and we're going to start to break it down today. This week will be our kind of conference preview weeks. So we're going to give you our predictions. Uh, for how we think the Power Five are going to play out. And uh, we'll kind of just stick to the big teams mainly. We're not going to do like team by team, award by award. Um, But before we get into all that, let's get to our opening comment of the day. Remember, youtube.com slash at volume snaps is the YouTube channel. And if you want to get involved um, or you want to just like help support the show, you can always hit the like button, subscribe, trying to push to 3,000. Uh, and you comment any of the videos, we pick out one comment a day, we read it. This comes from The Consultant. Anybody want tickets to the Texas game? I can't attend and am forced to sell my tickets. Two side-by-side tickets in a prime location, as close as you can sit without being blocked by the players and cheerleaders. No ramps or stairs to walk up and restrooms and concessions are within 30 feet of the seats. Comment if interested and roll tide. That last part's a bit weird. I thought this was a bot for sure. It sounds like a lot of Twitter bots I have hawking me Taylor Swift concerts, but uh, tickets. But comment if interested and roll tide. Sounds like maybe that's real. So if, if you want to go to Bama, Texas, I guess hit up the consultant. Shout out, dude. Thanks for listening and commenting, man. Also, shout out the consultant, a real mensch uh, driving comments in the YouTube, uh, yeah. out, you know, in, in the chat, which actually helps the uh the algorithm uh all right so we're going to talk acc today we're going to lump uh notre dame in there and then we're going to get into the big 10 before we do aaron quick story uh michigan jim harbaugh and michigan now today they are going to self-impose a three game ban uh your reaction 
doesn't matter. It's 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 just get it over with, I guess. I mean, if you're gonna do it now, if you're gonna do it, just get it. I'd rather get it over this season before all things change next year with with additions of new teams in the conference. And who knows if you'll ever get an easier start to the season than you are this year for Michigan. So, I, I listen. It's it's kind of like that that knack that that just won't leave you alone. That little bug that just keeps squirming around, which is essentially the NCAA uh, and and them trying to cling on to any sort of power. Just Suck it up, get it over with, deal with it, move on. You're going to be three and zero, and call it a day. So good for them, good for him by just being done with it. That's, that's yeah. It. And hopefully we um, stop talking. About it. I can't really get the energy up for this. I think that yeah. um, I think my thoughts are this. First off, uh, the NCAA, just somebody make a fucking decision, dude. I know we live in litigious times, so I guess you have to make sure that all your but like just make a fucking decision. Sit there and watch Will Way go through this with the IARP forever. You watch it just it just takes years to arrive at the most minuscule and mm. pointless rulings ever. Um, it's kind of a big sure whatever. It reminds me what LSU did a couple of years ago when they were awful and they were like, you know what? During 2020, I think they were doing five and five, and they're like, you know what? We're gonna do a bull ban, self-imposed yeah. bull ban. Okay, because we know what we did was wrong. We should not have taken funds from that children's hospital. So, with that in mind. Five and five self-imposed bull band. Okay. Yeah. There you go. It hurts us more than it hurts you. That's Michigan right now. Um, here, here is maybe the one interesting thing about this, Aaron. What's the old saying? When the cat's away, the mice will play. With Jim Harbaugh out the first three games, does Michigan just fucking sling the rock? Just throw it 30 to 40 times a game and let JJ McCarthy flourish. I think they needed to, regardless if he was going to be there. I think that I think he he knows that one JJ improved significantly through the season last year, and he kind of wants to see was that real or not. Similar to I would say like Florida State and Jordan Travis, like you got some weapons, even more weapons than you did last year. But was that that six game stretch where where he Jordan Travis was you know one of the best quarterbacks in America? Was that just a six game stretch, or was that something that we can count on heading into the season? I think Michigan fans. And Jim Harbaugh also need to know, was that Ohio State game, mm -hmm. um, obviously the Big Ten Championship game, which is a blowout, and then the way he played versus TCU, especially in the second half, was that legit or was that just a small sample size and just things worked out perfectly for, for those few games? So I think they wanted to kind of let the horses run wild, let J.J. see if he did take significant strides in the right direction, and then kind of feel even better about what you could be like when you do eventually get to a 14 playoff. So, um, yeah, I would love to see it. I, I don't think it would be, once again, I don't think it would have been different if he was on the sideline or not on the sideline. They need to know, can J.J. McCarthy win us a championship? Because that is right okay. now, to me, that's the only question. Okay, hold on now. Receivers a little whoa, bit. Whoa, 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 we're previewing Big Ten later. Don't, I know, I know. don't finish yet. You started it, no. damn it. No, no, no. I just wanted to say when the cat's away, the mice will play. That was actually like my entire end game with that a whole bit there. Uh, but we will talk Michigan a bit more coming up in the show. Uh, another story that made the headlines this weekend, your boy, Aaron Murray, Carson Beck, named uh, like it's hilarious to me that he still wasn't named starter at this point, given how much just it's just been – 
it's been known, right? It's 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 the showdown fraud created by the transfer portal where you have to try to appease these backup quarterbacks. You got to try to keep everybody happy, make sure everybody feels like they have a chance or something. When like everybody knew for months and months and months now since the spring that Carson Beck was going to be the starter. Um, so Carson Beck officially named starter Aaron Murray. Uh, and I think this is the perfect time to break down Carson Beck in a way that only snaps can. And that is with a snap chat. Um, this is a Snapchat from a while back. We had commented, I think, on our group uh-huh. at the time. I don't know that I'd ever brought this publicly. I did talk about my this on my radio show this morning, but this is a Snapchat from a younger Carson Beck, and it appears to be with a uh, potential sexual partner of some sort. Um, as you'll see from the context clues, I'm guessing it's a female. Snapchat of him looking a bit coy and looking away, if you're not watching on YouTube, and it says, I, you're right, that's my B. It's probably because I'm so lost in how good you look. Not trying to be weird, but specifically when your boobs are out, it gets my blank on hard immediately. Crying emojis. Is tits worse than boobs? Um, I don't know. Uh, It it feels a little more crass. It says when your tits are out, it gets my shit hard and hard immediately. There's a lot to break down here. Um, First off, the anime guy, uwu soft male energy coming out of this is next level. Um, This is not starting quarterback energy. And if anybody thinks, no, it's not, it's not at all. He seems to be, um, and, and I I guess because he's shy or, or, or something or another, he, I, and maybe he's like, I'm a nice guy. Maybe he's an overly nice guy. He seems to think that she will be somewhat impressed or surprised to learn that he gets aroused when he sees boobs. He himself, Thinks it, I mean, they're not trying to be weird. Are you kidding me? What is that line? There's nothing weird about that. It's actually the most normal thing in the world for you to get aroused if somebody shows you their boobs. Um, look, the bottom line here, Aaron, answer me this. What would Stetson Bennett snap? What do you think Stetson <laughs> Bennett would snap? Do you think Stetson Bennett would snap this? Or would it be like, show me your boobs, I'm Stetson fucking Bennett? Well, the thing with Stetson Bennett is he had a flip phone, which I don't think supports uh, any sort even of these apps to be able to do it. Even so, stronger alpha energy. He, he, way stronger alpha energy. Didn't need to snap it. He just shows up downtown Athens, looks at a girl, and and she knows it's time to go home. Um, I do think this is – I don't know when this was taken. I don't think this is recent, correct? This is a little bit older of a picture. I like, believe – so the, I was going to say his one out, this is backup quarterback energy. And to be fair yeah. – from the haircut, he is clearly younger here. This is not current Carson Beck. This is not current, and everything that I've gathered by talking to him and people there at Athens is the uh, the maturity that has gone on and the leadership aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, just like my boy Quinn Ewers, who decided to cut the mullet, grow up, be a big boy, really focus on football, uh, Carson Beck has gotten a girlfriend, don't know what she looks like or if she's well endowed like the girl that he likes in this picture are, but seems to be extremely focused on winning a championship, getting out of Athens and being a first round NFL draft pick. So uh, that was old, 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 immature um, quarterback, you know, QB two. I mean, look, QB one is ready to go. I was going to say you were QB one forever um, from your first days on campus. Would you, is that, is that how you used to speak? Is that how you used to flirt? little bit because <laughs> that's uh, the most beta no, flirt no, we didn't ever. have snapchat though so i didn't have the opportunity to send a picture and uh, try to try to do that it was more of the the old school sets and bennett way you show up um you give a wink a little smile a wink 
little eyebrow raise. I cannot fathom and what it's like, like. You know, we're out of I, here. I cannot fathom what it is like to be so good looking and confident that a wink, an eyebrow arch, and a smile can close the deal. But I believe it. I mean, look at you. Give me one right now. Pretend like I'm a hot girl. Is that really it? Okay. Yeah. That may be. Okay. That works. Okay. I thought, no, uh, uh, you kind of, more of it. on me right there. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. 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 Now we see her. Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling a little hot and bothered. Am I blushing a little bit right now? No. dude? I kind of no. see what they're getting at. Damn. Um, okay. You kind of lost me once you started the, uh, purr and you love the purr. <laughs> actually, it's one thing that people may not know about you purr a lot do and it's whenever we're talking about something sexual. Which I hope like that you actually not that she doesn't, but so do um, you purr in real life? Yeah, you know, just say it for the show. You think I, that natural smooth purr is just you know a couple times on snaps? <laughs> you gotta let the big cat eat. <laughs> um, look, okay, so again, while I'm being highly critical of Carson Beck here. Uh, that's not natural to quarterback energy. That said, like you said, that was old Carson Beck. I'll allow him the room for improvement the same way we're going to allow a lot of room for improvement on today's show. Um, also, real talk, though, Aaron, if you really believe how good you think Carson Beck's going to be, you should put your nuts on the line. Give me your honest SEC ranking. Not the one that you think honest. you could get away with. Not the one you can get yes. away with without being completely right. lambasted. Let me pull my list up again. Let me see. Ranking. Let me see honestly where I would put him. No, if because I honestly, you think he should be like first, second, or third. So just tell me who's ahead of him. Um, I would say top three. I would say somewhere in three. So you think Jane Daniels is better, and you think who is better? Ah, uh, maybe Devin Leary, and okay. then Carson. So why do you think Carson's so good? And then we'll move on. All right, why do why do I think Carson Beck is so good? Um, he has the look factor. And I'm not talking about like attractiveness. I'm talking about what it looks like to be a starting quarterback. He's a big dude too. He's 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 you know people look at him and like oh he looks like some skinny lanky dude. No, he's he's thick, like thick okay. big hands. You see him, he's physically okay. impressive. He's the type of guy that we talk about like can you walk at the combine and scouts be like oh that that looks like a football player that looks like a quarterback measures out just perfectly from that standpoint. Yeah, I'm a little bit envious because I have nine inch hands, as T Bob likes to like say. I'm barely yes, over six yeah. foot. I'll admit to it. So Carson is that six foot four, 10 inch hands, good size. That wow, he looks the part. Second, um, athletic enough. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Stetson. He's not a four six guy. He's not a five four guy. I would peg Carson as like a four eight, five, four nine more than adequate enough to pull his own read, run the football if he has to. Not his forte, but he's he's athletic enough. Played middle infield in, in high school. He can move side to side. The thing that gets me excited about him is it's just he's a pure passer of the football. What I mean by that, it's effortless. There isn't a lot of extra motion. There isn't a muscle look to his throw. It comes out with ease. The way his body works is perfect from the ground up. He keeps a great bait, short front stride. And can make every single throw you want. Oh, um, good. The dagger routes, the post routes, the go balls, the wheel routes. There isn't a throw in his arsenal that he can't throw at a high level. So I just think he's he's the full package, man. Besides him not running a four six, which once again, like there's plenty of video of him running the ball and it looks pretty damn good. He he can do anything he wants with the football in his hands. All right, there you go. Um, a passionate 
yet mm. still to be seen uh, argument in favor of Carson yeah. Beck being that Heisman candidate that Aaron Murray thinks he potentially could be. That T Bob uh, still won't place my damn bet. Why won't you place my bet? Did you just like because I was waiting for the Snapchat to leak? I was waiting for two things. First off, I was waiting for the Snapchat to get out there and start to gain some steam. And then I was also waiting for them because you got to listen. I'm 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 helping you. I'm playing, I'm playing on a different level than everybody else. When Carson Beck is named the starter two weeks before the season, what do you think that does? You think that probably hurts your Heisman odds because you know he's gonna play wrong. All of a sudden, investors see, wait, why is he just winning the starting job now? If he's going to be a Heisman hopeful, shouldn't he won it weeks ago? Are you are they crazy? So you're telling me that I'm going to bet on the Heisman, a guy who just won the job two weeks before they get? And then, so what do the Heisman odds do? They go up, okay? I got you value. Don't worry. I'm playing the long game. Someone told me this today. I think it was I was doing an interview on um, with New Heisel and, and Chris Childers. And Chris Childers asked me this question is is being the georgia quarterback the best quarterback job in america heading into the season and it has to be i mean right now i mean it, it has to be the best job in america for for a number of reasons first off the schedule is is it's not that daunting it's a pretty easy schedule you had seven games at home five games on the road those games on the road are you know at auburn at vanderbilt at tennessee i think the three doozies but so you are significantly better than the rest you have an elite defense Defense is probably going to give about 15 or less points per game. So you're not going to be asked to score 40 points a game to win. You have the best, the sec, according to ESPN, the second best player in America on your roster, your tight end Brock Bowers, which is the ultimate weapon on offense. You have elite playmakers at the receiving position, and you have the second best, I'm not saying best, I think the first best, first or second best offense line in America. You put all that together, I would say it's a hell of a recipe for this probably is the best quarterback position to want and have in all of college football heading into yeah. the season no I, yeah i mean better. yeah no no it's I, I i i can't name one better it's the easiest one to try to win with so you got to rely on that guy we'll see yeah. will he be battle hard only time will tell um but you know how i feel dog fans no three-peat in 2023 sorry jlab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics NIL deals. J-Labs joins the action and connects with 182 million-plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older, and use nicotine or tobacco, 
I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out, y'all. The new movie, Gran Turismo, is based on the unbelievable true story of a team of unlikely underdogs, a struggling working-class gamer, a failed former race car driver, and an idealistic motorsport executive. Together, they risk it all to take on the most elite sport in the world. Directed by Neil Blomkamp, the movie features an incredible cast led by David Harbour, alongside Orlando Bloom, Jaimin Hansu, Jerry Hallowell-Horner, Archie Medeque, and the driver himself, Jan Martinborough. Some of the most famous racing competitions in the world are recreated through the use of actual G- Nissan GTs, drones, and the best practical effects. The racing sequences are so realistic that the real-life Jan Martinborough himself actually served as the stunt driver for the film. Mm. The bottom line, Aaron, is that this is a movie that needs to be seen on the yep. big screen. You were lucky enough to get to see it on said screen. And what did you think about Gran Turismo? This is a must watch. The storyline's great. The action is great. And I think you said it right there perfectly too. You have to watch this in theater. Uh, I thought it was a must watch. I always judge movies, especially in today's age, with all the inventory out there. Shows, movies, all that stuff. Would I watch it a second and third time? And this one actually does meet that mark. I would gladly watch this as soon as it comes back out, actually on normal TV, sit on my couch, watch it again, watch it on a on, on a flight to one of my games this season. So I, I give it a uh, re, you know, rave reviews. Must watch. Go see it. Uh, it's a great time for your entire family. Wow. Sounds like Gran Turismo is an inspiring, thrilling, and action-packed story that proves that nothing is impossible when you're fueled from within. But before you can watch it at home, Gran Turismo, based on a true story, is exclusively in movie theaters this Thursday. So get your tickets today, rated PG-13. Uh, let's get to the ACC. Let's do some ACC predictions. So just so you know, we're going to keep this to the big dogs uh, for all these conference previews that we do. We'll talk some Clemson. We'll talk some FSU. We'll talk some Notre Dame here. And then maybe a surprise in the conference. We'll try to kind of 
figure it out. What what we think they're going to do? Um, first off, ACC, Aaron, give me and 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 again, we're not even going to get into like we can't get in over unders if you want anything. This is kind of a there's nothing strict about these previews. I, I want to get the feel how you yep. think this team will finish going into the year. Clemson, uh, how do you feel about them? You 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 riled up the. The, the Tiger Hive not long ago saying you think they could drop out the top 25 by years. Yeah, ago. I, I said something and then then I didn't say I saw, I saw top 25. I said top 10. I think they're like a somewhere in that round 15 range, which is pretty it was something. For, well, it was some question about like who could be like the big fallers because every year a team starts. In I the think top Clemson 10 could like fall. Four. I think Clemson could fall about 10 spots. I do. I don't think they're going to fall outside the top 20, but I think somewhere around 15 is a good spot for them. Um, obviously, they benefit from. Still being in the ACC, which is which is a um, pretty, as we know, the 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 number five conference for all the Power Five. So that is a benefit. You put them in another conference, I think they're in big trouble this season. I think they could be an A and fourteen. I just I, yeah. I don't see it, especially on the offensive side of the football. They'll have a really good defense. You know, they got a really good running back. Um, I, I and I know everyone keeps saying, "Well, look at Garrett Riley. Look at the Rileys. If you if a Riley's your head coach or an offensive coordinator, you're going to put up." stupid stats and i'm sure yeah, makes sense. Are, they're trying to sell themselves that narrative yeah but kind of what i saw last year from club nick that is a massive jump for him to take that isn't a simple year one to year two we're going to get better like yeah he's going to be better than he was last year guaranteed he'll be better he's more experienced he's getting all the reps he's the guy he's not having to compete with dju who's now at oregon state he should be a better quarterback this year yeah. not arguing that is he a championship level quarterback? I don't buy that at all. And, and if you obviously want to win a championship more times than not, it's going to come down to two things. One, you have to have an incredible defense, one of the transcendent defense, or you have to have elite quarterback play. I think their defense will be good. I think they'll be really good. I don't think they're going to be like the Georgia, the Georgia was two years ago or an Alabama defense. We've seen the past, or even like an elite Clemson defense. So what do you have to have in that? You have to have an elite quarterback. I don't think he's elite, and I don't think the receivers are going to help him out either. That's my worry with Clemson this year. Between quarterback, receiver, I don't see an offense that's going to just blow your blouse up. So I got Clemson at ten and two. I think it's a good year. Ten and two. Win a bowl game, you're eleven and two. How how old are you? Blow your blouse up? I don't even. I, I think even skirt, blouse, or shirt. I mean, it works either way. But I just never. I've I've never heard that. So, but okay. So, but here's the problem. You say you see you could see Clemson drop it at fifteen, but ten and two puts you in the top ten. Yeah. So so it's funny because we're actually in me and you feel the exact. But it, it, go, it goes to the conference. Everything has a negative. I think I paint all as a positive. I think Clemson's still the big dog. They still lead the way with seven players on the all ACC team. Um, I think they easily win 11 games this year, at least. They get FSU at home, UNC at home, Notre Dame at home. Um, at I South think Carolina they, won't be easy. Uh, no, at South Carolina, it's not easy. I agree, but it's a revenge game. Like Clemson's going to roll. That's their arch rival they lost last year. Clemson's going to kick their ass that game. Um, I think they went 10 and three last year with Kate Klubnick really struggling. So yeah, if you tell me that you add Garrett, R Garrett Riley in another year of season to Kate Klubnick, then like, yeah, you should be better than 10 and three. So I think 10 and two floor with 11 and a bowl and maybe mm. 11 and one fighting for a playoff. But I think 11 wins, whether it's two loss or one loss, I think 11 wins is, um, is Do where I make the playoffs. Um, no, because we're going to talk about Florida state. I think Florida state does. Oh, but nice. um, 
The most interesting question for the ACC. You're saying they lose to Florida State, but they don't they don't somehow drop one more during the season. You're saying they're gonna oh, I can see, see them dropping, I can see them dropping um one of like yeah, I can see them dropping one more somewhere in there and going ten and two. So yeah, I agree with you one thing. Like a ten and two but team. That'll be probably... a top ten team. If they win that bowl game, that'll be that'll be a new year six bowl team. Yeah. That that that'll yeah, be like four states in the playoffs. I mean, if you're ten and two, yeah, you're somewhere on ten. But once again, that goes back to my argument. Like you're ten and two because of the conference you're in, not because of the team you are. Um, I mean, yeah, but we can't really play that game. Like, like sure, it's the conference, but like that's still, you know, they're still beating everybody else, right? So, um, no, I think I think I guess the most interesting question for the ACC is how much tie-breaking power you would have if you're a one-loss conference champion going against the other conferences, and that's where, to your point, you're you're you're, you're at the bottom. Yeah, that's where the weakness does come into play. Uh, so that's the Clemson read. What about Florida State? I guess you started last one. I'll start here. I believe Florida State ACC champs. Yep. Um, the only thing that gets wonky with Florida State from a record standpoint is I'm not sure what happens in that LSU game. Uh, yeah. If they win, then it doesn't matter, right? But if they lose, then that could have some weird playoff implications down the road. But I, I, th I think Florida State could be a one-loss ACC champion, maybe a no-loss ACC champion. First and foremost, I'm a massive Jordan Travis believer. You mentioned the fact that over the final six games of the year last year, no no, no quarterback in the country had a higher QBR. How about this? Let's look at Jordan Travis's numbers from his last 19 starts. And I screwed this up. I should have copied the the Twitter at, like, who who originally tweeted this. Hale, David Hale, maybe. Um, so I apologize for this. But we're going to do a blind test here. And I'm going to give you 19 games of stats where two Florida State quarterbacks. Uh, QBA, a 77.6 total QBR, 64 per completion percentage, eight and a half yards per attempt, uh, about 5,500 total yards, 45 touchdowns, 26 turnovers. Player B, 81 QBR, up from 77. 64 completion percentage, nine yards per attempt, 5,100 total yards, 47 touchdowns to just nine turnovers. Do you know which two quarterbacks I'm comparing there? Jamison and Travis. That is Jameis Winston and Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis' last 19 games are better than Jameis Winston's last 19 games were at Florida State. Yeah. And if you want to get anything like explosive rate, they have the same explosive rate, pretty ridiculous, like 18 or 19%. The point is Jordan Travis is psychotically efficient. Yeah. When it comes to the amount of uh, volume of production that he creates with the pseudo limited touches, maybe compared to like Jameis, who had nearly 400 more total plays in that stretch. Um, yeah. But he turns the ball over way less than Jameis. He's accounted for more touchdowns. Like Jordan Travis is great. And what happens then when you give him first team all ACC wide receiver and Johnny Wilson? You know I love Keon Coleman. They brought him from Michigan State. Right. The, their Michigan State's best receiver. Winston Wright Jr. coming over from West Virginia. Their best receiver to be in the slot. Trey Benson is the first-team All-ACC running back who averaged 11 touches for like 75-yard rushing a game last year. Again, hyper-explosive. Jaheim Bell at tight end from Yeah, Jaheim Bell. Right, Jaheim Bell tight end now from South Carolina. Uh, the entire offensive line is made up of juniors and seniors. The entire team is. They yeah. got like 80% returning production. Like Florida State should be great. Florida State could potentially be championship good. They have the elite quarterback. They're good on the lines. They got elite weapons. Like, I just don't see a weakness. So, yeah, I'm, I'm saying a FSU, ACC champs. I, I See, I like ACC champs. My one worry is I, I think LSU is a better football team, 
Uh, you and I discussed that on our top 10 ranking. So if you missed that show, make sure you go back and watch that one. Um, I think LSU is really, 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 really talented. That's why they came in at number three in our ranking setting into the season. I think LSU wins that first game. So my one concern is this with a team that's been hyped up so much this season, this mm-hmm. offseason, as you know, you're going to slay that dragon, you're going to beat Clemson, you're going to win the ACC, you're going to have a chance to go to the playoffs. If you lose that first game, where do you go mentally? You know, I, I remember before my senior year, we played Clemson week one and we lost that game. And it was demoralizing because all of a sudden, you know, even then a BCS era was worse. You know, then your margin of error significantly goes down. And there are tough games on their schedule. I mean, you do have to go to Clemson. You know, Duke is a good team. Maybe wink, 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 my surprise team in the ACC heading into this season. You do have to play at Florida at the end of the season. You're better than Florida, but you still have to go to the swamp in a rivalry game, and you were better than Florida last year, and you beat him by a touchdown at home. So I'm just saying my one worry is if and when I do think they lose in week one, what does that do to the team psyche heading into the rest of the season? Here's- can they can they still can they still win the ACC? Yes. I think if they lose week one, I don't think they make the playoffs, though, because I do think they drop one more along the way. So a couple of things. Uh, it's a valid concern mentally what you're talking about, but at the same time, I think if you have real like championship makeup, then you are a team that can overcome it by simply saying, look, we have a lot to play for, okay? What are we going to do? We're going to be little sad, sad, whiny boys and just lay down and, 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 and be like, oh, it's over, or are we just going to pick ourselves up and week by week focus on it? No, I mean, look, I've, 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 the loser I've, that game won't make the playoffs. Um, yeah, no, look, mathematically, that is your you you are correct. A two loss team has never made it, meaning you have no margin of error. But you could. I, I agree with you. Like if we're just saying what will happen, I agree. The loser will not. Um, but, but that's also, you know, that could be because maybe the loser isn't as good as we're actually thinking they are as yeah. well, right? I mean, these are all preseason predictions. So no, I, I like mentally this team, and also this team went three and three before finishing very strong last year. Like yeah. mentally, this team should be able to overcome that loss and still accomplish their goals by simply telling themselves, like all of our goals are still in front of us. But but again, I don't think it's a guarantee that LSU wins. Week no, I, think, no I, think, I don't think it's a guarantee either. I think uh, LSU's the yeah. better team, but it's like a four-point spread right now. So, I mean, it's yeah. going to be, it will be a very competitive, close game, hopefully less sloppy than the game we saw last year. I don't, I don't anticipate to see it. I think if yeah. you watch both these games back to back, how are these the same two teams a year later? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is going to be so much more That's crazy to a think professional about. like football game compared to the ugly mess, which was a beautiful, it was so ugly. It was beautiful. What we witnessed last year in that first game between these two. Yeah, they were basically like gangly teens going through puberty yeah. last year. And now they got abs and they're all jacked and confident and ready to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're high on FSU, higher than Clemson. The FSU the snaps thinks they're going to be ACC champs. Let's go to the Independence, who's kind of ACC, Notre Dame. And to me, Aaron, Notre Dame's one of the biggest wild cards in the yeah. country. And it's simply because last year, was one of the weirdest wild card seasons I've ever seen. You started 0-2, looking good against Ohio State, and then losing to Marshall at home. Then you finish the season 9-2 and from that point on with like a dominant win over Clemson, but then with like a random 16-14 Stanford loss thrown in the mix. Like this was as inconsistent of a team as I'd ever seen last season. What do you make of them this year? 
Well, I mean, yeah, even the even the the game versus who was it? Ohio State at the beginning of the season, they were in it too, and then yeah, they look good. It's a good game. Yeah, they look good. Then they lost to Marshall. It's like what? what, what? Um, listen, why why did they lose those games last year? What was the missing piece? It's the quarterback uh, spot. Offense, quarterback. Yes. Yeah, it was a quarterback. I don't even say it was the entire offense. I just think it was the quarterback. Oof. Now Oof. look at this guy. If you're watching, Ooh, I pulled you're, this picture up last yeah, night with yeah, with Jaron Instagram picture. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. You go. And, and it was it was lights out afterwards. No, um, no, no. Start that story again because I was talking over you. What happened yesterday? Sharon saw me Texas to you boys, and it was kind of like game on. So <laughs> oh, you're saying your wife has imagine, imagine like a nicer, fluffier beard on me. Like if I could grow that beard, I think I could look like Sam Hartman. I your think your so. wife had sex with you simply because she saw one Instagram post. Of Sam Hartman flex, uh, stretching his hip flexors. I think, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It just coincidences don't really happen, right? When you're four he years married, like he looks like a like more rugged Disney prince, yeah. like if Prince Eric, like literally if Prince Eric grew a beard and had more lumberjack Do you energy. Think he'd be attractive if he didn't have the beard, though. Uh, it's a tough to say. It's tough to say. I don't know that it matters though, right? It's like one of my producers has been really stressed out about simulation theory, right? The theory that like all this reality could just be like code and a simulation, or whatever. I'm like, well, stop worrying about it because if it is, then functionally it doesn't make a difference, right? Like it doesn't matter if it's a simulation or not. If it's coded well enough, then we never know. Like it doesn't matter. It is what it is. Yeah. In that same way, I can't think about beardless Sam Hartman until I have to. Until then, I will continue to salivate mm -hmm. over Lumberjack Hartman. Look at this guy, dude. I just saw a picture, too, on ESPN of, of Freeman with a nice high and tight bald fade, too. I mean, those yeah. two combined. My goodness. All right. Easily the best-looking quarterback coach combination in the country. And it's not, oh, even not even close. Not even close. I mean, it's not like there's not even like there's there, I don't even know if you, we even get into a second place because like, would be like I want to you draw. to compare that energy, Aaron, with Carson Beck energy from earlier in the show. Because like <laughs> that, that here's Carson Beck. Now go back, Brum. Yeah, that, but that, that, that is, is a, bro, that is what I'm talking starter. about. There's a four year starter who yeah, owns I the ATP record. Yeah, I can, I can definitely it. feel it too. I definitely. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, back to our Notre Dame talk. What, 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 what plagued Notre Dame last year? It was the quarterback spot. And, and now they have one of the best I, quarterbacks. And I, I get, cause I covered him the last game of the season, their bowl game down in Tampa, that he is transitioning to a different offense an offense. That's not as quote unquote QB friendly as, as the, the wake force offense at slow mesh where he got to hold the ball for six seconds while deciding what the hell you want to do with it. QB friendly. It seems QB terrifying because it, what is terrifying like, if you're, if you're like, like, it's down up. the barrel of a gun and you just have to be like, Hey, don't move, don't move, don't move. And then you move. Uh, it, I would say depends on the, the, the given D line you're facing, but for the majority of the time, it literally makes the D line and linebackers kind of not move as you put the ball in the belly of the running back and decide what the hell you're going to do. So, I would say more QB friendly than not QB friendly. Uh, the system is why they put up stupid okay. stats. So yeah, they do, yeah. uh, I think he'll transition just fine. I think he's a good enough quarterback to play in any type of offense. I'm not worried about him. Um, I think this is going to be a good football team. I'm a believer in, in Coach Freeman. You know, seeing him and being around him when he was at Cincinnati and covering some of those games, uh, knew that he was on 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 a, uh, the path to be a successful head coach. Had a good year one without the most important position in the world. I think yeah, year yeah. two. I don't think Notre Dame's a, a playoff team. I don't think so. I think the, you talk about margin of error. 
they have to go undefeated. And when you have games versus Ohio State, oh, they can lose one versus they USC. Lose one they can at, lose one and go easily, easily. They have a good, enough but schedule. they need a lot of help though. I don't think they would need a lot of help. Like the help, it's a natural help that always come. Like they, no. I think a one loss Notre Dame would get in over one loss ACC champion unless it was no, Florida State no. losing to a good LSU. Nope, team. A one loss Notre Dame team would not get over a one loss Big Ten or not a one loss Pac twelve, Big Twelve, or ACC. My, that's bullshit. They have wins over. They probably have wins over USC and Clemson, or wins over Ohio State and USC. Like, what do you mean? And I guess it, look, I, actually, I don't want to go too far down the hypothetical bandwagon. I have okay. respect for Notre Dame's schedule. I think I that, it is a very good schedule. I think con a conference champion, a one-loss conference champion, unless it was a Clemson or Ohio State one-loss conference championship, which you beat, that's that's the discussion we'd get into. So yeah, it's definitely possible with one loss. Um, I'm just saying it's more likely than not that a one-loss Notre Dame team is on the outside looking in at the end of the day. I think that it's more likely than not that it ain't no one loss Notre Dame team, unfortunately. That too. That too. Um, I love Marcus Freeman. I'm not worried about the defense. It's his side of the ball. I think the defense is going to be great. Now you add Sam Hartman. I'm not worried about losing Tommy Reese because you had Hartman. Hell yeah. At the end of the day, though, uh, the schedule is the problem. Um, Ohio State, USC, Clemson. At their peak... At their absolute peak, I think they win one of these three. I can't even see them winning two of these three. I think they probably lose all three. So nine and three feels like a very realistic year for Notre Dame. Even if they win one of these three, maybe a slip up elsewhere. Yeah. I just, I, I, I unfortunately like, and I feel like it's a really good year for Notre Dame as they continue yeah. to try to find themselves in this, in the wake of the Brian Kelly era. I just wonder if Irish fans would feel the, uh, the same, but nine and three feels like exactly where they're going to land. Well, I think it depends on what those losses look like. I think if you're nine and three and they're all competitive games, That's I think true. you look at it as we're about to be a 12 team playoff or 12 team playoff the next year. We're in a prime position, especially the way he's recruited. They've done a great job recruiting the way that Marcus Freeman has recruited. We're going to be a playoff team more times than not going forward. So I think nine and three. And if you can make those games competitive, I think, Fans should be excited. I do think they're they. I have them at ten and two. I actually have all three of these teams at ten and two. I have Clemson as a ten and two football team. I have Florida State as a ten and two football team, and I have Notre Dame as a ten and two football team. All right. Who do they beat out of those three? Who do they beat? Ohio State, USC, Clemson. Yeah. Who does Notre Dame beat? Ohio State. Oh, okay. That's a big boy right there. Uh, that's a pretty surprising prediction. Aaron, what's your surprise team for the ACC in 2023? Uh, I think my surprise team is just because it's that we view them as a basketball school, but let's not forget they went nine four last year and, and Elko was only his first year coaching returned the entire roster. Pretty much, uh, you know, return majority guys on both sides of the football returning, starting uh, quarterback a quarterback. Great year about? last year. I think Duke can have a good year. There you go. I think Duke, I think Duke. And let's let's, let's temporary rotation. I'm not saying Duke is going to win the ACC. I think Duke could win eight games again this season. I think if you're a and four and you're Duke, and your back to back seasons going eight wins with a chance to win nine in a bowl game, I think that is massive for that program. So I think they have yeah. the time to do it. I must be boring because I I look. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know shit about Duke's roster. Um, I know two things. I know that I also chose them as a surprise simply because I like the idea of Duke being good. 
And like you, I am pretty amazed by the Elko turnaround. Yeah. Going from three and nine to nine and four, more importantly, going from 0 and eight in the ACC, a bad ACC. We were 0 and eight last year under Cutcliffe, and they go five and three mm. year one. Um, I just want to see if they can follow it up. Like if Duke's good, yeah. that that's just cool. And that helps out a conference that needs some sort of meat to support its 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 two big teams at the top. All right, so there are your ACC predictions. Let's get in a little big 10, Aaron Murray. Uh, and let's start with the team that I think is the best team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines. Wolverines, sorry. I don't know why I said it like that. I think Michigan 12-0. 12-0. Uh, champs going to the playoffs. 12-0. I'm with you. I think that this is, this is what they've been working towards for three years now. Um I still don't think they win the Natty. I think they they do get the championships Monday. Uh, I think they're right in there. But JJ will have to turn into, and I keep seeing people say he's a first round talent. I, I don't see it right now. He'll have to turn into one at some point this season for for me to say that this team, okay, they're in the same position to me, but they're just a little bit better than Clemson. You know, they're better defensively than Clemson. They're a better offensive line than Clemson. Um, I think they're better. I think they're how they're like close with Georgia. They're better than they're 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 better. I get it. What you're saying, finish, they're they're finishing finishing with the weapons. Yeah, because I I still think they're a better version than Clemson because of the quarterback and, and the receivers are a tad bit better. But those are the two things that just like Clemson will hold them back this year. Hmm. I've spoken my piece on Michigan time and time again on this show. Um. I think this is about as complete of a team as you will find in the entire country. Maybe safe, you know, obviously if Carson Beck is good, then Georgia probably takes that title. Doesn't probably Georgia will take that title. Uh, but this is a team that was already great. Now they're going to be better everywhere. And their biggest weakness quarterback should take a big step forward. I think where me and you disagree is I don't think it has to be that drastically different. Um, like I think they have to be willing to be more aggressive and take more chances, but I don't think it has to. I don't think it has to be anything like identity changing, like I was joking about earlier. You know, like throwing it 30, 40 times a game. Um, but I don't want to speak for you. Like, do, like, do you think it has to be that drastic for them to be able to overcome Georgia? I don't think they have to throw the ball forty times. I don't think. I'm not saying an offense has to throw the ball forty times a game in order to win a championship. I'm just saying the quarterback has to play at an elite level for them to win a championship. You can go. 22 of 28 and throw three touchdowns for 250 and that's a hell of a game that's all you need to do to win a championship like i'm fine with that like i don't need the offense to completely surround the quarterback i just need that when his number is called him to be extremely efficient and not just dink and dunk but being able to push the ball vertically down the field so which once again we saw that we saw that a little bit towards the end of the season so you're hoping that carries over for him but that was such a small sample size of him actually doing that at a high level. It was three games. Three games. That's interesting. Not because we think of efficiency as kind of normally like taking, you know, like dig it dunk, right? But there are different ways of being efficient. Like we mentioned Jordan Travis earlier, he is explosively efficient. JJ was digging dunk efficient last year with like his 75% completion percentage or whatever it was at some points a year. So, so yes, I agree with you. Okay, so we're actually in agreement. On what Michigan needs to do. Like, if if they can do that, then I think they win a championship because otherwise it's pretty much a perfect roster. I mean, if you look at the All-Big Ten first team, Michigan has the running back, the quarterback, 
the all-purpose um all the the all-purpose really just rb2 and donovan edwards uh they got the center they got the tackle they got their other tackle on the second team they got a wide receiver tied in on the third team like mm-hmm. this and that's not even getting to the defense it's a michigan team that's that and so i think 12 and 0 big 10 champs and um i think they end up winning the national championship so <sighs> prove me right jimmy harz and then america team we get to the school that Michigan hates more than any other, Ohio State. What do you think, Aaron? Um, I mean, I would love for them to pick up a damn quarterback. You know, it doesn't make me feel good that we're two weeks out and they still don't have a quarterback they decided on. So, you know, and this is like Carson Beck, isn't it? Isn't it just Kyle McCord? Like, what are we doing here? I think I think it is. I do think it is. Um, but just make a damn decision already. Just make it. I I think more people do that. Would be that you're less confident by the fact that they haven't named Kyle McCord yet. Yeah, maybe it's just because I'm just so much closer to the program. Obviously, that I knew it was going to be Carson Beck, and I'm sure there's people that are right there in Ohio State saying, "Listen, guys, we all know it's going to be McCord," and and everyone just needs to calm down. But I'm just saying what we've heard coming out of camp is less reassuring that he's kind of really taking the bull by the horn, similar to what's going on in Alabama. To where you feel like this guy is elite, 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 and so damn good that we knew from the minute fall camp started, this was going to be our guy. And there's no questions about it. So I think the fact that there's even any sort of question going on right now should concern fans a little bit. And let, let's, let's, um, and concerns in the sense of can we beat Michigan? Like that's all that matters because are they better than Penn State? Are they better than everyone else in the Big Ten? Yes. You know, will the game versus Notre Dame be interesting? I think so. I think Notre Dame's good enough to possibly upset them. It was a close game last year, and you're the number three pick in the NFL draft. So could that game be even closer on the road? 100% that game could be even closer on the road, and Notre Dame with an improved quarterback could win that football game. So that's how I feel about, you know, kind of their schedule. Are they going to be better on defense? I think so. You look at the defense last year. Massive strides the entire season was a great defense all year, actually, until they faced Maryland. I remember watching the game. I was like, oh my God, this is this is horrendous. But it's okay because Maryland throws the football and they just got to figure out how to stop the run versus Michigan. And then Michigan blows them up in the second half and ran for over 200 yards. So well, but also remember Ohio State was stopping the run in that game at halftime. Ohio State had like 200 yards rushing to like 50 for Michigan. Yeah. But but that's because they committed the entire defense to stopping the run the first half. JJ hits a couple bombs. They couldn't just they couldn't put 10 guys in the box and all of a sudden Michigan ran for 200 plus yards in the second half. So you have to be good enough up front to still be able to help your DBs on the back end by not committing the entire defense to stop the run. So I think they'll be better up front. I think they're more suited this year than last to slow down Michigan. That being said, there's there's still not gonna be enough improvement, especially going on the road to Michigan that makes me feel like Ohio State is going to all of a sudden snap their fingers and be able to go toe-for-toe, man-for-man, pound-for-pound with a better, more physical Wolverine football team this year. So I so, think 10-2, uh, 11-1 for, 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 for Ohio State this year. Okay, so let's hurry through these last ones because you got radio to do, so we're on a little bit of time crunch here. But, um, yeah, I think I could sum it up in a couple sentences saying that, unfortunately, Ohio State's not even that interesting to talk about because they're going to roll through the big and then they're going to lose to Michigan. And yep. if that pisses you off, Ohio State fans, um, I watched Michigan beat Ohio State in awful weather in Ann Arbor, and then I saw them beat the hell out of Ohio State in beautiful weather in the shoe. So it's like, okay, you know, until that reverses, like why would I ever choose Ohio State over Michigan this yep. year? Um, so I think 11-1 doesn't make, uh, you know, it doesn't win the conference. And I think this year wouldn't make the playoff, but 
We'll see. Um, real quick on Penn State. I'm a little more down on Penn State maybe than many others are. Uh, simply because I don't know that I'm the biggest James Franklin believer. He's very, very good at getting you at a certain point. I still want to see how far he can push that point. Yep. And, uh, um, you know, I, people act like Sean Clifford just fucking sucked. And Drew Alar is going to be like some like massive upgrade. And maybe Alar will, but like Sean Clifford threw for nearly 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, seven picks. He ran for five more touches. Like it's a 29 to seven ratio. Like maybe the retro freshman Alar is, is better potentially, but like, will his numbers be drastically better to the point where suddenly Penn state's going to beat Ohio state and Michigan? I, I don't think so. No, I don't think better enough for them to win that, especially when you don't have, I wouldn't say they don't have elite receivers on the outside either. That's going to hold them back as well. They get a great running game, a great running game. And you know they're going to try to be like Michigan, in my opinion, and, and try to impose their will on teams because they are one of the three big dogs and they can impose their will because they're just bigger, stronger than everyone else besides Ohio State and besides Michigan. So I see the same season as last year. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate, but maybe you hope that that you do see Drew Alar is is pretty damn good, and Michigan does have this magical run this year, and they lose everyone to the NFL draft after this season, and then maybe the following year you're more in contention to win the Big Ten, um, but not this year. Michigan's too good this year. Ohio State's still Ohio State. I think ten and two is is kind of where Penn State's going to be once again. Uh, next up on the list, Nebraska. And, uh, look, I know, I, you know me, I'm T Cobb. I'm the leader of the corn up. So I'm going to keep this as objective as possible. I look at this schedule. Okay. Michigan's a loss outside of that. I'm not really worried about any other team, save for Iowa, the last game of the year in the corn wars. I'm going with 11 and one, mm. um, potential 10 and two, but that, yeah, yeah that, I think Jeff Sims and Matt Rule are going to turn around there. I could see seven and five if we're going to be honest with ourselves here. Real talk, because I'm real at six talk, and six. Real talk. real talk, okay, dude. Are you okay, really? Dude. I could see seven yeah. to five. Let's go. I mean, they're 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 in the they're in the Big Ten West. I mean, the Big Ten West is atrocious, man. Like it's it, it's it's just a bunch of average teams that just any given day anyone can beat anyone. So I think they're right in the mix to have a pretty like who in that who in that side of the Big Ten scares you. Actually, um, no. You know what? I'm I'm looking at the schedule. Seven and five feels more realistic. Yeah, yeah. For I, sure. I think there's a chance of seven to five. So, you know, it depends on Jeff Sims. I think I think Jeff Sims is a pretty damn good quarterback. Um, I think Matt Rule's a pretty damn good coach. I think their schedule is pretty damn easy. I mean, there's there is a world where Michigan or excuse me, Nebraska is four and zero heading into that game versus Michigan, and all of a sudden you have two undefeated teams going at it and two mega brands. Like that's exciting, though. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Like Matt Rule four and zero heading into a game versus Michigan, who's also four and zero. That's big noon kickoff on Fox, and Michigan's probably going to win those. the game. But at least Nebraska is going to be the talk of the town and going to get a lot of love heading into that game. Um, and then after that, you just hope that doesn't completely derail any sort of momentum. But um, I think they're a good football team. They've got some talent. They were in a shitload of close games last year. And now you have a better coach that hopefully can push you through all that. So I say seven and five for Nebraska. That's uh, going to be one of those classic college football things that we see all the time where like kind of an old power shows a sign of life and they've got a huge magic with a recent power and it's at the old powers home and it's like game is everybody's hyping up and then they just get fucking smoked. 
tell you. Like it, will big, it, it will be the big new game. They, I just, oh, right. gonna, they no, the the, the yeah. environment's going to be incredible, but they're going to yes. get fucking worked. Oh, on. it's going to be fucking awesome environment. <laughs> awesome environment for that game. Uh, um, my surprise, my surprise team in the conference. Um, I'm going to go with Iowa. It's a great defense. They return most of the side of the football. They'll be really good on that side. Uh, and just like I talked about earlier with Notre Dame, the missing piece was the quarterback spot. I mean, these two quarterbacks for both teams, Notre Dame and Iowa, two of the biggest additions this offseason with Cade McNamara leaving Michigan and going to Iowa. Um, I'm not going to say they're going to be ball busters on offense, but they will be better on that side of the football. Ain four team, maybe nine three. Once again, weak, weak, weak conference. Um, but they don't play Michigan or Ohio State. So mm-hmm. you huge benefit from them for, for that schedule. And you have a yeah, I think I was going to be great. In fact, my biggest surprise, I was going to zoom in even further and say that Brian Prince offense is not going to be that bad. I think that I think that by the end of the year, I think Brian Prince will hit his contract incentive. I think Iowa will average over 25 points a game. And I think with Cade McNamara, that this will be a middle of the pack Big Ten offense uh, when it comes to points for game at the end of the year. So that is my big surprise hot take of the year is that Brian Prince will not be that bad. Where where would 26 points have ranked in last year's Big Ten? Um, yeah, that would have stuck you at seventh, sixth and seventh mm-hmm. right there. All right, I will. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Brian. Prove me right. All right. That'll do it for today's show. Uh, huge thank you. For joining us here on Snaps, youtube.com slash at volume snaps. You want to like and subscribe, you can just Google Snaps Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, rate it and review it. Please remember, comment on the YouTube videos every single day. We do our opening comment that you can be featured on. Thank you, Aaron Murray. A huge thank you to Ryan Brumley, Adam Gracia, Chris Tran, Pat uh, Gunther, and Danny Cardenas. But the biggest of all, thank you to everyone who hangs out with us every single day day we'll continue to break down every power five coverage and our major predictions coming up this week and uh look i hope you have an excellent day and we'll see you on the next episode of snaps comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.